Hey, it's good to see you all tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Have you, have you ever been involved in some project and it just seems to have taken forever to complete it? You just go on and on and you're, you're into it. You're, you're pretty charged up about it, but it doesn't, you're not sure how it's going to work out. And, and at times you wonder, is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to finally finish what it is I'm doing? And then all of a sudden, in the middle of a project, it could be days, it could be weeks, it could be months, it could be years, all of a sudden you just know. I think if you're an artist, if you're a musician, something like that, 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 that moment comes and it's sort of nebulous and yet it's sort of concrete where you just know it's done. It's, it's completed and you just kind of take a breath, you step back, you admire it, you look at it, you come in the next day and you just look at it and you go, yeah, you know what? There's nothing more that could be done. It's, it's finished. It's a great moment. It's, it's a feeling of relief. And I think in a very real sense, that is what tonight is all about. It's a sense of completion. Because in a very real sense, 2,000 years ago, just a little less than 2,000 years ago, the ultimate battle was on for this night. The ultimate battle between good and evil and movie producers and and songwriters and poets have tried to recapture ultimate battles between good and evil, but it pales by comparison of what happened nearly 2,000 years ago on this very night. It actually happened. It was a historic battle. It was a historical battle. If you had been there, you would have watched it unfold, and some knew what they were watching, and some most had no clue what they were what they were privy to, what they were an audience to on that very night as Satan himself, who had tempted, who had tortured, who had mocked, who eventually killed the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and him on the other side, Jesus, who had resisted, who had endured, who stayed silent when he didn't have to, who died the ultimate battle, the cataclysmic battle. And what lied in the balance was you. You were what the battle was all about. This was a tug of war about you. If you were the only human being that had ever lived, that ever did live and ever would live, the battle would have been waged. That's how precious you are, both to evil, the evil one, and how precious you are to the Lord God, your creator. And it seemed at first blush on that night nearly 2,000 years ago that Jesus lost. I mean, the evil side had a party that night. Look at that. He lost. At first blush, it looks like Jesus lost. But when you wind back the clock a bit, the account that was read From the Gospel of John, you hear Jesus give a clue, a foretaste of what is about to come, what was really at stake in that moment when he said simply, it is finished. It is finished. The Greek word for finished is tetelestai, from which comes from the 
core word telos, which means to end, to conclude, to complete, to accomplish, to fulfill, to finish. Something has been done. A work has been created. This isn't something that came upon suddenly and it was just kind of swept aside, done. This was being created. This was planned. This was finished. This work is put on the shelf for all to see. It was exactly as the one that was doing had planned. And the one was Jesus Christ, who claimed to be, who actually was God, period. When Jesus walked on the scene. God walked on the scene. That's his claim. And he backed it up again and again and again. One scholar writes that anything that has reached telos has arrived at completion. It is enough. All that needs to be done has been done. It's enough. And the word enough is a word that I hope you chew on between now and Easter morning. You have chosen wisely to come and wrestle with the gravity, the weight of the death of God's only son. Do not rush to Easter. And I believe that by coming here tonight, you've chosen to do just that, to not rush to Easter. And, and a little bit later tonight, I hope you don't rush out of here. There's no hurry tonight as we wrestle with the gravity and the weight of the death of God's only son. And the word, again, I hope you take away tonight is the word enough. The cross was enough. The death of God's perfect son was enough to win back all of humanity. His power was enough. His forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, his love, his sacrifice was enough. What happened on this night nearly 2,000 years ago was enough. Put a period on it, shut the book, and it's done. Jesus says, it is finished. What happened on that night? On that cross was enough to satisfy a perfect, holy, righteous God. There are words like that, the powerful words that we just sang, that we don't use during the week, and rightly so. They're, they're saved for God. Only he is pure and perfect and holy and righteous. You and me and other things on this world, we don't find that anywhere else. And so words like that are reserved for him. God is righteous. He's perfect. He's holy. And we... We are not. And God, up in his perfect, holy, righteous place, which is called heaven, desires for you and me, who, who are not worthy and not in a state to go there, he wants us there. He wants you, who is stained and dirty and full of sin and regret and brokenness and remorse, to go be with him in a perfect place, which is none of that. And you can't go there on your own power. Because if you or, or I or any one of us, any one human takes our dirt to heaven, then heaven becomes just like down here. And I have news for you. This isn't heaven, you know? I mean, get out the star ledger and read this morning's news. This has never been heaven. I mean, it's New Jersey. It's close. <laughs> And it's not heaven, and it never will be heaven. Heaven is heaven, and God wants you there, and so you must be fixed. In fact, more than that, it's like Jesus says, you've got to start over again. 
like it can't put a Band-Aid on it. It's not good enough. God is perfect. You and me, we are not. He wants us with him forever. He, he would do anything to have you with him. And he has done the ultimate to pave the way for you and me to be with him. The cross is enough to get you into a right relationship with a holy God. It's enough. The cross is enough. It is good, good news. John puts it this way. Jesus became the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only mine, and I have enough, but the whole world in China tonight, in every corner of the world that ever was, that is, and ever will be, God's judgment on humankind was was rectified. Jesus became the atoning sacrifice for every sin that ever happened in the whole world. Paul in Romans says, just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, of God's son, Jesus Christ, the many will be made righteous through Jesus, through what happened on this night nearly 2,000 years ago, and subsequently his his defeat of what happened tonight as he walked out of his own grave under his own power, the only one to have ever done that. We worship tonight in a graveyard here, wrapped around here. None of them will walk out of their own grave. Not tonight, not any night, nor will you, Jesus Christ, the only one who has ever, who will ever, who has more power than death itself. The thing that scares me the most Jesus has total control over and power over. The cross was enough to satisfy the Father's demand, his expectation, rightfully, of righteousness, of perfection. An exchange was made. A price was paid. And the price on this night nearly 2,000 years ago was enough. It was enough. We had a debt that we couldn't pay. Jesus steps up and he stamps paid in full with his own blood with his own body, with his own sacrifice. And it, according to scripture, is enough. It is enough. But the the cross was was even more than, than a transaction between a just God and a sinful humanity. The cross, you get the picture as you read the story again, was enough to mend God's broken heart. This isn't just some some transaction. This is about a God in heaven that loves you so much that he would do what not one of us parents or grandparents would ever consider doing. Take our son, our grandson, our daughter, our granddaughter, and, and allow him or her to be killed so that someone who hated us could live. We would never do that. That is how much God is passionately in love with you. This is not just some transaction. This is between a God who will do anything because he is madly in love with you. He thinks you're the best. You are worth the sacrifice. And so he did. He did it out of passion. The father had lost us and he tried everything to get us back. From, from in the days of of Adam and Eve of coming and, and trying to rationalize and, 
and with Noah killing everybody but one family and, and in the days of setting laws and, and rituals and, and none of it worked. We couldn't, we just couldn't work it out. And so he took matters into his own hands and he sent his son and his son came willingly to die in your place. He took the bullet that had your name on it and so we have a decision to make. What do we do with this one? who died so that we might live. The cross was enough. It was enough to win us back to the Father. And it was enough to become salve on our hearts, our our hearts that crave forgiveness and freedom and love and eternal life. What do you want more than anything in the world tonight? The cross is enough to satisfy you, according to Scripture. It's enough to set you free. And to create in you a presence of the Holy Spirit to deal with the loneliness that you know about deep in your heart. A loneliness that can only come from separation from God himself. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And so we are set free from the curse that we brought on ourselves. We are free to live in God's place with him forever, both here on earth and eternity forever. And Jesus feeds us deep and satisfies our soul. And he gives us what we need. And it is enough. The power of the cross. It is enough to satisfy a righteous God. And it is enough to satisfy that deep longing in our heart and in our soul. And the question tonight, which I invite us to to wrestle with, and, and not just tonight before we leave here, but tomorrow. Tomorrow is always kind of a, a strange day, you know? You go shopping, and that's the way tomorrow is. You work in your yard, and that's fine. But there's something about between now, when Jesus really physically died, and resurrection morning, Sunday morning, Easter morning. And I hope, I hope we chew on and wrestle with why it is that the cross had to be. I um, was working a little bit on my message this afternoon, and I went where I clear the cobwebs out best and think the best, and that is at Starbucks down on Route 22. That's my favorite one. You may find me down there sometimes. And as I walked in, there was, a, there was a tow truck in the parking lot. And on the back of the tow truck, it was a different kind of tow truck. I like trucks. And it was different than any one I had ever seen. And there was a very obvious, distinct cross on it. In fact, at first I thought it was like the, the tow truck guy had stuck a big wooden cross up there as kind of a symbol for what this weekend is. But when I looked closer, no, it was just the back end of the pickup truck with this thing sticking up like that, and it was definitely a cross. So I foolishly uh, went over and started taking pictures of it, and this crusty old truck driver came out, and he goes, you taking pictures of my truck? And I go, yeah, is that all right? And he goes, sure, kind of looks like a cross, doesn't it? And I go, yeah, it does. And, and um, I says, okay, if I take pictures? And he goes, sure. And we 
proceeded to have a great discussion about what tonight is. And he goes, I've, I've thought about just painting that more so into a cross. And he looks at me. Uh, his name was Glenn. Glenn. And he, and he goes, he goes, you know, I use this truck. I repossess people's cars. He goes, I'm a repo guy. And, and, and I go, well, that's good. And he goes, every time, and he was serious. He goes, every time I go and I, I pick up a car um, and I look at what's on the back of my truck, he goes, this cross reminds me that what I do for others, bringing back things that belong to someone else, God did for me. He repossesses me. And he just kind of spelled out what tonight is all about. Not bad theology from Glenn the Repo Man, you know, (laughs) seems to me. May we allow ourselves to be repossessed by God. I mean, I don't know where you are with him. Maybe you've never given your life to him. Tonight is a night of salvation, possibly for you. Maybe you gave your life to him long ago at a camp. Maybe it was at one of our retreats this past year. I don't know when it was for you, but you've drifted far away from him. And he has not drifted away from you. It's been your doing. He stands like this. He wants to welcome you back. And tonight could be a night that you turn around and repent of your sin and leave it here because the cross tonight is enough. May we always, always, always come back to him because it's what he desires. Chris and the band are going to do a a song, and as they do, just let the words sink in. And uh, afterwards, we'll conclude. I'll share with you how we're going to do that. Yeah.
And so the word for the night, maybe the next 36 hours or so is, is enough. Listen to these few verses. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the evil man, the evil woman, his or her thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on her. And turn to our God for he will freely pardon. That's grace, my friends. And that is offered to you and me out of love tonight.